Inside Chicago Government. shygov.com Welcome to another in a series of interviews with Ben Jarofsky. I'm Dave Glowetz. Ben writes on government and politics for the Chicago Reader, and he's here with me post-election. Post-Chicago mayoral election. Today we're talking about your article that appeared in the Reader on April 16th, 2015, titled Voters Pushed Mayor Rahm to the Left. Yes. Will he stay there? No. You described four years of political evolution of Chicago Mayor Rahm Emanuel, whom you describe as having genuinely moved to the left, as opposed to just giving the appearance of moving, and that results from the clear unpopularity of his policies. So you just said no. You know, I'm reading this article, and I'm waiting for you to pull the rug out. I'm waiting for you to say, don't be fooled, Chicago, but you don't say it. No. You say, quote, I'm starting to think he may actually have seen the light, yeah. unquote. Now you're singing a different tune? Mayor Rahm has clearly, uh, over the last year, moved left, if only in rhetoric, and in some cases, actions and deeds, to prepare himself for the reelection. He's ruling differently than he did in those first two and a half years where um, he was flying the flag of privatization, charter schools, threw the TIF money at Marriott and DePaul. This is what you've called in the past, he's less ROM-like. ROM-like, yeah. So not only did he do the cosmetic adjustments, like putting on the sweater and trying not to snarl. The Mr. Rogers treatment, I call it. Yeah. But there was also a bit of a change on, for lack of a better word, the ideological front in terms of the legislation he was advancing or not advancing. Would you so, even say policy? Policy, that's a better word. Thank you. I just wanted to take a moment here to tell all the uh, lefties and progressives and liberals, whatever they're called, who might have been upset and crying in their beer, like myself, that you know, maybe it was not all for naught, and that maybe we actually achieved something uh, in this city, and that we got this very hard-headed, stubborn right-winger from the Democratic side to move left. This is a guy who's not afraid to— Put his finger into the wind. Yeah, thank you. And when he thinks it's his best interest to take a stand, he takes that stand, uh, even if it means contradicting the stand he was taking before. So the issues I described are more what they call what, social issues. So would he be willing to take a stand on an economic issue, such as like minimum wage? Well, he, he did. He, he was the one who pushed the minimum wage bill. I don't think it went enough, but it was more than anybody else had done. So how far will he be willing to go with this? Will he tell his charter school cronies, sorry, boys, your time has come and we're putting a cap on this. He's held back on charter school expansion for the last year or so. Will he continue or will he, you know, just go back to his old ways? I don't know. We'll see. That's a good question, right? Because you, you're talking mostly here about social issues, but the administration is still left us with a pretty long list of things that are, some argue, as devastating to Chicago as anything could be. And I'll list some of them. For example, using long-term loans, to pay operating expenses, using physically unsound financial products to fund pre-K and schools generally, actually, an economically and racially segregated school system, a police force that causes annual multi-million dollar payouts for brutality claims, hiding details of tax increment financing obligations, alleged obligations, and so on. So some might characterize what you're saying in your articles. We're still in critical condition, even though the beatings the lightened up. That's a great list. A lot of things on that list don't fit into the 
conventional spectrum of left versus right. For instance, some of those things like the games he plays with finances, borrowing money today to pay for bills. As a leftist, I would advocate that. And, you know, we have, times are hard. We can't have money. We don't want to cut. So maybe it is a better idea to borrow now and then pay it back later. More to the point, he won't come up with a source of revenue that's like a progressive source of revenue, like progressive tax, income tax or something like that. He doesn't advocate for that. He's not looking to legalize marijuana and tax the hell of it. So will he move that far left? I can't see it happening, you know what I'm saying, unless there's tremendous pressure applied to him. I would say that's evidence of him not wanting to make these cuts that he made in the first two years where he's trying to privatize city services in the name of saying The scams and the schemes that he came up with, like to fund pre-K programs by giving these outrageously— Social impact bombs. Yeah, some social impact bomb. You're absolutely correct. That's just a straight-out handout corporate welfare I don't think he's going to stop doing that. I think that's the gravy, you know, it goes to his pals. Moreover, somehow or other in Chicago, that gets written off as reform. It's really good marketing. Yeah, it's good marketing. But people on the left have to keep pushing that. And I do believe that he has held off on TIF giveaways since DePaul, which is a huge travesty, I think, the DePaul deal, the Marriott, you got to think of it as both. He's held back. So now... Has he truly seen the light and come to realize that we should not be giving away TIF money to developers who don't need it or corporations who don't need it? Um, I don't know the answer. I know he hasn't done it in about a year. Ben, that's all we have time for. Thanks for joining me today. Take care. Listeners, we welcome your questions, comments, and suggestions for future interviews. You can get in touch with us via Facebook and Twitter by searching for Inside Chicago Government. I'm Dave Glowett. Thanks for listening.